From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 481. Today's show is brought to you by the Canalea Pen Company. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. What's up, buddy? What's up, Brad? Um, The big number we've raised for St. Jude. Uh, That's what's buddy. up, like literally Woo! like up through the atmosphere. Like... I want which number should we go with first? Let's go with the pen addict number first in case okay. people didn't catch it and then we can talk about the uh Okay. The the, the overall big, big number, yeah. So through the raffle for St. Jude that I ran through the Pen Addict blog and with everyone's support, we collectively as a group raised forty thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh which, man, it's so good. When you look at last year, and last year blew my mind, and we did eleven thousand and thirty dollars. Uh huh. I don't even know how to mentally account for this, like uh-huh. for like what happened, and then that mental accounting translates into the big number, right? Like it. I'm just happy. Like I'm, I'm really, really happy that we were able to do this. I'm happy um, for everyone who supported. Yep. Us, I'm happy for in the Pen Addicts case for all of the the makers and friends who donated prizes to yep. help us like shine a light on this cause that we all at Relay FM support wholeheartedly, and I I'm just thrilled. So yeah, we wrapped that up last week. Mm-hmm. We got the final tally. I got all the raffle prize winners picked Monday and emailed everybody. So now. I'll be in the process this week to start shipping out everything. So everything went really, really smoothly. And that was a big number. I was just amazed putting that together and like tallying it up. Mm-hmm. And it just kept it's going. Incredible. It just kept going. Kept yeah, going. So good. Like blown away. I was, I, I'm absolutely, everybody is just blown away by that year over year increase. Yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. we quadrupled the amount of money that we raised uh, mm-hmm. f- from the Panatic community. Like it really is. There have been a lot. I'd say this year there have been a lot of big surprises like this, um, mm-hmm. and this is just another one. Yeah, I'll tell you real quick why we're doing this. This is the last time we'll talk about it because September's about to end. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. For the third consecutive year, Relay FM is supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is finding cures and saving children. St. Jude leads the way that the world will understand and treats and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. But this is something they cannot do without the help of people like you. Because of generous donors, families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, or food. Because, look, all a family should have to care about when they're going through such a terrible thing is just keeping their child alive. For context, the average cost to treat just one child of acute lymphoblastic leukemia, the most common form of cancer, is $203,074. To make this possible, about 80% of the funds that are necessary to sustain and grow St. Jude must be raised every year from generous donations. Donors like you. This September, the Relay Home community has come together to raise over (laughs) $600,000 for the kids of St. Jude. We're currently at six hundred and thirty thousand dollars which i mean it's not as simple as this but that's three children whose entire you know with lymphoblastic leukemia that that covers their entire cost which is just an enormous enormous amount yep you can be a part of our best year ever simply by making a donation go to stjude.org slash relay and you can make a donation there 
So stjude.org slash relay will help support St. Jude. Thank you so much for uh, everybody who's come along on the ride of us this month. It's just, you know, I've had a lot of like little personal moments over the last Mm. uh, few days. Last night was one when we passed 600 and then got to like, and then I woke up this morning and we're at 630. Uh, It's... The money just keeps coming, and I I cannot tell you what it means to everyone. So thank you. Yep, it's really really great, and uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for shepherding all of us through this. You and Stephen and everyone at St. Jude uh, for um, you know for getting in and and yeah working at this. I love and doing this, making making a difference. Love doing it. Can't wait for my life to go back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> this, we this talked thing, about that a lot behind the whoa, scenes you and i it, it takes up our entire september yeah um, it's a lot yeah it's yeah. it's a lot but i'm so thankful you know it's it's kind of happy to do the work if this is the result you know exactly yeah. exactly exactly all right you ready to talk about some pins i sure am but for the third time we are now well, I am now bringing up the Kaveco Premium Nibs. Yeah. Um. The, our first time was the the press release saying, "Hey, this is the thing that's coming." The second time was Yoseka Stationery saying, "Hey, we got them. We're going to do a test. We'll let you know how it goes." And now we can talk about that test. So, um, Ashley at Yoseka Stationery wrote up a fully detailed article that you just need to go read if you're interested interested in this at all, which I obviously am. Um. And okay, like I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, right? Like y'all know where I've sta- stood on this, and I'm trying to to make the case for these these premium nibs at the premium price. So just a, a, a couple of notes from from Ashley in the review. It's a very long, very thorough, very well done mm-hmm. comparison. I went through it this morning. These products, I kind of couldn't yeah. believe honestly that there would be this much to say Mm -hmm. you know like so it was it was surprising to me yeah so like the main takeaway and the quotes up in the beginning and this is a quote from from the article and the rest will be my my commentary around this clear difference between the standard and premium nibs with the premium nib feeling like a high quality smooth nib right so that's like a like it's like a subtle kind of thing saying like there is a difference and the difference is like it's it's smoother and you paid more for that right that's how i read it <laughs> mm-hmm. right it's like saying yes it te- technically it's better right it is it's better so the the difference is between the standard nib and the premium nib is that the nib tipping is bigger on the premium nib like that's the selling point mm-hmm. but as ashley found through the review that was only visually obvious on the bigger nibs, which medium makes sense, broad right? and double broad. Well, here I will get to my point. Okay. It's like so the the medium broad and double broads, you see the big tipping be even bigger than it was with the standard. So do you not you don't see it as much on the extra fine and fine? And I'm wondering why that is a little bit, but I guess the answer is you have to keep those lines the same. Even Ashley's test, by even though not visually seeing a difference in the premium nib, tipping-wise on an extra fine nib, the line writes wider on the premium nib extra fine size, despite being visually different. I mean, visually not different, if that makes sense. I kind of went around about there. 
So you can't see a difference in the extra fines, but the premium nib writes a wider or writes, excuse me, I got this backwards, writes a finer line. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more consistent is basically what Ashley gets down to in having an accurate representation of the stamping on the nib. An extra fine writes like an extra fine with the premium nib, where an extra fine standard nib could have some more variance. Like in Ashley's test, she says the extra fine writes more like a medium with the standard nib, where the premium nib always writes like an extra fine. The much more consistent line weight with the premium, a stiffer nib with the premium, a wetter nib with the premium. So there's all these differences, right? And I'm still trying to figure out why, right? Like to me, all this, to me, this, what this is, is like, hey, we tried harder to make on these nibs. We worked more on these nibs and we're going to charge you for it. And I get it, but my stance is why aren't you treating the stock nibs the same way? And I, I'm, I'm delimited in that because then they would have to raise the price of them, right? This is Kaveco admitting, ah, we could probably do a little bit better with these stock nibs. And, but that would just raise the price because it does take more time. It costs more to manage the nibs. Like that's a not insignificant amount of time to make a better nib for mm-hmm. the stock nib. So it's almost like they're saying there's a, this is how I read it. And y'all please tell me if I'm wrong. It, to me, I've never thought this is anything, but Hey, we're not doing a good enough job at our stock nib. And if you want to yell about that here, we can charge you more for an option to fix that. And that just doesn't sit well with me. Like I'm, am I out of line here? Like I, I feel like I could be. What's the price difference? (laughs) about $30. It's like 12 to $15 standard and 44 for the premium. If they just if they put out the premium nib, this is what I would have liked to have seen and this is this is a pipe dream by me, I know, and this is probably not fair, but if Caveco is going to come out and say we're going to give you a premium nib option where you can just buy the nib, make it a non-standard nib. Don't give me extra fine fine medium broad, double broad, give me um, a cursive italic, give me a 0.9 stub, give me a needle point, make it more special. And you could charge even more. Then you're talking like a $60 nib unit, but then it's different. And then the improvement and the variety and the quality matches what you're telling me. Right now, I don't think it matches what they're telling me. Right? I don't think this premium nib tells me it doesn't make me comfortable with their stock offerings. Right. 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 Okay. This price point is what Estabrook is doing with the journaler nib. Right. And I forget the name of the second one that they released with uh, JJ Lacks. Right. They're charging a premium for something different. They're not charging a premium for an improved stock option. And I, that's what I feel like this is. I think I'm not understanding you fully. Okay. I think I don't think I'm 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 on the same page as that's you. That's not here. a surprise. <laughs> you're saying it's you're charging more for a stock option, not something different. Right. I don't think 
the reason why this nib exists. Okay. The premium, the premium nib, in my opinion, exists because they their stock nibs consistently underperform people's expectations. Okay. You with me there? This is just my opinion. Okay. So people buy a Kaveco and it's sometimes hit or miss whether their stock Kaveco nib is going to make them happy. Okay. So how does how does Kaveco solve that? This isn't solving that. They're positioning that it is. Yeah, but that doesn't make any That's sense. That's my. Like, how much does a Kaveco Sport cost? How much does a Kaveco Sport cost? $25. Right, so a Kaveco Sport costs $25. People buy that pen for $25 and they're unhappy with the writing experience. No one's going to solve that by spending one and a half times more the money to buy a different nib. We agree. This is okay, cool. I, I'm on now, we're on the same page. I get you now. Okay. Because it's, I think where I was getting lost is like we've called, like we're calling it premium and calling it stock. Like I, I was thinking, I was getting, yep. This is not a solve for that problem. I think, honestly, I think what Kaveco should learn from this is they need to charge a little bit more for their pens and include this nib as the standard nib. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No. The way they positioned it now, it's not going to happen. But yes, correct. It seems wild to me personally, just with the, how I buy pens, to spend one and a half times the price of a pen and it still be steel. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's, I mean, no disrespect to steel nibs. I no. much prefer gold nibs. Much, much prefer gold nibs. Yeah. Especially because I am a medium above right i think right right if you're going medium above in my opinion you should always go gold first because the softness i think helps with the experience Mm -hmm. just my personal preferences right it seems wild to me to like no matter what the price level is of the pen to spend that amount i mean honestly just to spend that amount of uh, uh, 1.5 times on a nib anyway Mm-hmm. You want to be walking away with something real special, but I think you're right. right. What you're getting here is a decent experience, but that's mm-hmm. what you should have got at first. Yes, we agree. I just didn't do a great job. No, I don't know. I, I think that that might have been. I think it was on both of us. I'm in one of your roundabouts over there, and I'm Big Ben parliamenting it, and just that's going a very in interesting sentence that you just came out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean. I don't know. It exists. Like here's the here, here I'll put a bow on it finally. All of us Kaveco fans, we're going to buy one of these nibs and find out for ourselves. And I think that's probably it. Like this is not like a needle move type of situation. This is more of a this is more of giving Kaveco an option to say, "You don't like it? Here, try this." <laughs> and pay a very premium price for it. Um and you know that's that's kind of it. I'm still I'm still just genuinely confused by the positioning of this product more than like the technical aspects of it. So um, I'll get one. I'm sure a lot of people will get one, and I just like it's going to be fine. And it's just it's not a forty four dollar repeated purchase type of thing. I'll buy ten more Kaveco Sports before before I buy a second premium nib. What is like? An expensive Kaveco. Like, what's the AL sport? So, like, their core, like, premium pin is like eight, 75, 80 bucks. Like, the ALs and the steels and the brasses range from like 65 to 95. 
and then they have a few like carbon fiber ones like 125 what, what nib do they come with the same the same yeah see that's where i could maybe argue it right if you got yourself an all brass Caveco Sport because you just love that design, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you've spent a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars on it, whatever. Not the worst thing in the world for me to then spend forty dollars to get a better writing experience because I've done it at that kind of price, comp- like thing, right? Yeah. Like spent fifty yeah. percent of the cost to get a better nib. Yeah. But still, I think you should go a little extra maybe and get gold, right? Because they do gold yeah. nibs, right? They do sell gold yeah. nibs. They do. They're really expensive. I mean, they're fairly okay. priced. It's just, that's a mega premium. Like, again, I have one of those and it was, I want to say it was like 125, 140 bucks. Ooh. They make all their own, right? That's the problem here. Well, I mean, they, 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 their nibs are made by Yovo and Bach. Okay. See, I thought they were making their own. Well, it's, it's complicated. We've complicated. actually covered this before. Well, really, yeah. really, they're like, it's their design, but they're fabricated. It's like, Correct. um, that's it's like correct. Apple don't produce their own chips. That's correct. That's a good way to put it. They design it. They do not fabricate but it. Caveco will be probably paying more per nib because of this themselves. Correct. So, I mean, like that's probably why it's more expensive in general mm-hmm. because they just mm-hmm. don't have economy of scale. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of walking themselves into a very awkward corner here. Exactly. So my argument would be at this at the AL price point and up, this should be you standard. raise the price and include yeah. the nib. I agree with you completely. That makes a lot of sense. Because that's a premium product anyway. For them, yes. Then we can have a more sensible conversation. You have the entry nib in the entry product, premium yep. nib in the premium product. Easy. Right. Mm-hmm. But they didn't present it that way. No. <laughs> it's very so. it's just very strange to me personally for a company to ship steel nibs and then offer an upgraded steel nib. That's not typically the way this stuff goes. That's why I'm stuck on this so much. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like this is just one of those things I get stuck on Brand, because it does no matter one does to this. us. It matters to <laughs> us, right? This, this whole show is that it matters to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like no one does this to your point. Like no one ships a steel nib and says, here's your steel upgrade option. It's always gold, right? And then it's like how much gold? And then what plating do you want on the gold? Right? It tends to be the way it will go <laughs> yeah. from steel, right? Right, right. <laughs> Very strange. So yes, I thoroughly enjoy this. And my I'm my hope, confused. honestly, Brad, is that this is the start of a slow transition for them. Like that they're selling it, and then eventually it's going to find its way into the products. That would be nice. I would be down with that. That would seem logical to me. I would rather pay one hundred and twenty-five dollars for a steel sport with a premium nib than buy like a classic sport and an additional nib. Hmm. You know, it would just makes makes much more sense. Should we talk about something that makes a bit more sense? Oh yeah, because we're gonna lose the plot again right after. Good, it's good, good sandwich. This is a scent sandwich. <laughs> and the meat of this scent sandwich is the Canalea Pen Company who is supporting this week's episode. Canalea Penco, they make stunning pens. I'm actually using one today. One of my personal favorites, the Haleakala, which is the yellow black and gray one the front cover pin yes the one cover boy i actually own the one that made its way onto the front cover of pen world magazine (laughs) just out of pure luck because they said pick the one you want at this was at the dc pen show and i said i would like that one and so you know i have good tastes um (laughs) but i have i think me and brad were talking about this before the show today i think i own six 
can lay of hands now because I just can't stop myself from wanting more of them <laughs> because they are so special. Also, the company is run by just the best people, Hugh and Carol. They believe that the locations that they emulate in the designs of their pens can help recharge our spirit and connect us with nature. What I know is that their pens, they give me joy. And I think that's kind of it, right? And while the story behind these pens is wonderful, it is the execution that sets them apart. Every single Candelaya pen is handmade. And because of the way that the acrylics work on the colors, it's done in a process which means that no two pens will ever look alike. That's why one can win, uh, you know, could be on the front cover of a magazine and Mike can get it. And every nib <laughs> is tuned, hand-tuned, by Hugh himself before they're smooth and tuned uh, every single nib before it ships out to a customer. So what you get is something truly unique for you. It is very artisanal in that way. Uh, I want to remind you about the newest launch, the Manta Collection. This includes the Manta Maile Lei fountain pen in the classic profile, the Manta fountain pen in five design profiles, and the Manta ballpoint pen. These feature a charcoal black and luminous green swirling acrylic featuring Candelaya's trademark depth and complexity of acrylic design. It's all based on the, the Manta Ray. And the Manta Maile Lei model Candelaya, features Candelaya's Maile Lei anniversary band made of Argentine silver, which is adding something a little bit extra to this very beautiful pen. Candelaya pens feature Yoa number no. 6 nibs. You can buy steel or upgrade to 18 yeah. karat gold direct nibs direct from Candelaya. And they have sizes from extra fine all the way up to 1.1 uh, millimeter stub. Not meter. I've done this again. I think I did this last time. Wow. 1.1 meter stub pen. Good Get job, it. Candelaya. You know, they offer sizes from extra fine to 1.1 millimeter stub. I deleted one M from my ad copy here, and it freaks me out. <laughs> uh, not only are these pens handled personally before they leave, uh, they're shipped in a beautiful black walnut keepsake box. I tend to not like and keep pen boxes because they just take up space. I keep every kind of layer one because they're just these beautiful wooden boxes. You can put things in them. Fantastic. Uh, there's one thing more I want to talk about. The Canalea Pen Company have made the difficult decision not to attend the Chicago Pen Show this year. So, uh, like they have done for some uh, other weekends in the past couple of months, they will be offering a special promotion on their website during that weekend. So from October 1st to 3rd, customers in the U.S. will get free UPS ground shipping with the purchase of a fountain pen with no code needed. And international customers will get $25 off UPS shipping by using the code ALOHA25OFF at checkout. This is available to all countries that can lay a ship to. So that's Aloha 25 off for $25 off UPS shipping if you're international. And it's free shipping, uh, free UPS ground shipping for the purchase of a fountain pen for customers in the US. That's and great. Hugh and Carol look forward to seeing everybody again next year. All right, I have two Canalea things. One is something I've said before, which the feel of the Canalea pen, like in my hand, is one of the most cool unique feelings enjoyable writing experiences like i'm sitting at my desk recording this like if i spread out my arms and swept everything towards me i'd probably like you know grab like 30 pens here and just like scoot them all toward towards me i could pick out the canalea pen blindly based on how it feels um in my hand it's 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 unique in that aspect and it's not something that you would think of necessarily like if you're if you haven't handled these pens before if you're just seeing them online they have a this unique feel to them and the way they're they're polished and finished and the, the shape of them um secondly mike i'm gonna tell a secret uh about hugh 
I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. but if you see Hugh in person, he oftentimes, at least I've caught him a couple of times, he uses basically like a shop floor model ballpoint pen for his personal pen. Like when he's at shops and at the shows and has to write something real quick. This is something all of us makers do when you're like, you're making a product that you love and you make this great product. Well, you want your customer to have this product, right? You want to, you want to make sure your customer has all the things. So you don't like kind of, you know, hoard one back for yourself. So he basically has like a reject barrel ballpoint pen that he uses. So, uh, he, one of these days, I feel that you can upgrade that pen and get into one of those cool cantilea pens, like the Manta. We should let him know that Mm. those folk, they make great products. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's pretty good. Pretty good. So go to Canalea Penco today, uh, canaleapenco.com, I should say, to choose your aloha. That's canaleapenco.com. Go and see these wonderful pens for yourself. Or thanks to Canalea Penco for their continued support of the show. We're going to keep it in Germany for our next segment, Mike. We, we went with Caveco first, and I have to talk about not one, not two, but three new Lamy products that have uh, crossed my my screen at least over the past week and um three very different opinions i have on these three products let's start with the easy one first so the first one is the lamy zevo okay this is x-e-v-o you pull up this picture and you go oh that's a Lamy pin, right? Mm-hmm. You look at it, and it looks like a Lamy pin, right? Like if you saw this pin at the store, that's what you're thinking. I, I would wager if you're, you know, any type of pin fan at all and are familiar with Lamy's products. So it's a ballpoint pin, you know, standard like black barrel silver clip. It looks nice. It's got some interesting shaping at the end of the pin on the where the clip attaches. It's kind of tapered in, then it has a little bit of a triangular, rounded triangular grip area section it's really good like can you imagine like this not being a lami pen right mike this mm-hmm. this seems like a lami but i would i would like to read their ad copy on this or mm-hmm. their marketing copy which i enjoy and all i have to read is is three words when they are they themselves are describing the lami zevo as in unprecedented form so i feel <laughs> unprecedented is not what I would consider this pen from Lamy. It is purely no a Lamy pen. Like no, this is no fully precedent. precedented. No, it's un- it's impossible to believe. It's you fully can... precedented. No. Nope. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Know, uh, it's just one of those Lamy things that I giggle at. I was yeah. like, are you like this is like every Lamy pen ever, which is great. Like I'm in. Like I'm in on the Lamy design style. This is not by no means unprecedented in Lamy's uh in Lamy's pen lineup. So I find I find that funny. Technical the kicker, perfection. Yeah. The kicker here, Mike, why I actually love this product the most. You scroll down all the way to the towards the bottom. I don't know if you noticed this. It's eight euros. This is, a, Whoa. This, is an entry, this is an entry level pen. That's entry entry level for Lamy, yeah, they rarely have anything under 10. So this is like a 10 US dollar pen. Um, that's less expensive than the Tipo ballpoint, which I love. 
Um, this is this has a chance to do very, very well. Like I will be anxious to get one of these. Right now it only comes in black and gray. Again, unprecedented colors from Lamy Mike. Unprecedented that this just comes in black and gray with silver clip. Well, it's two six two black and two six two light gray in one word. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. That's the unprecedented nature of it. I'm all in. I'm all in on the Zevo. I, I will be getting one of these. I'll probably be getting multiple of these because these would be a great pen to give away. Great pen to give to other people. And I think it's just cool. And if it does well, and this will relate to a future topic that we're going to talk about uh, after this Lamy bit, um, that I, I could see some options with this pen, right? This this could be a platform type of product like the Tipo or like the Pico or like the Safari or some of these other pens. I, th- I think it's fantastic. Like um, everything about it looks great, especially the price. If they said the price was like 30 euros, I probably wouldn't have blinked either, you know, 25 euros, whatever. So it seems good. I think they're on the right track here. Next up, Mike, is where they lose the plot for me. And this is where I don't handle what Lamy's doing very well. And this is a product called the Lamy Ideos, right? I-D-E-O-S. I saw a link for this pen. This is like, it's like in the pre-order stage. It's coming next month. I saw this link and I kind of lost my mind Mm. because it takes everything that already exists in the Lamy Studio, the Lamy Ion, the Lamy Scala, and like kind of jams it into one pen. And I hate it <laughs> because they already do it and they arguably do it better in other products that they already have. This is basically like I'm calling it the Studio Plus. So it's an aluminum barrel, smooth grip fountain pen with a cap that posts on the end of the barrel instead of sleeves down on the barrel like on the Studio and it just makes absolutely no sense in their product lineup whatsoever. It is, I'm not going to say it's like a terrible design, right? Like the design is fine, but it exists. Like this is not a new product that they're trying to pass it off as. You know, the, like the main feature is the teardrop shape on the cap, Mike. Like that's what they're selling you here. They're selling you a Lamy Studio with a different cap and like the Lamy Aeon shaped nib with the rounded shoulders on the nib and the Lamy Scala with the posting of the cap. And I dislike, I dislike it <laughs> not from a, a techno perspective, but from like an idea perspective, the ideas is a bad idea. And I, what are they? I I'm more particular about this than a lot of people. The, the ideas doesn't feel new to me. I feel like I've seen that's this the point. Before. Yeah. Oh, that's my point. okay. It is, but it feels like as yeah. I I just figured I'd seen this. You know what it is? Yeah, it's you like you actually this... completely got it without you realizing that you got it. I thought <laughs> because what I was going to say is, oh, thing. haven't we spoken about this already? But no, no. But this is the point. So it's kind of yeah. So it looks like the CP one quite a bit. Sure. And also the logo, and also the ion, and also the <laughs> two thousand. Yeah, and the studio. But like, not in a good way. <laughs> you got it, Mike. All right, cool. You you really really like legitimately. That's what this is. You have this is a new pen 
from Lamy, but you've seen it all before. It looks like it's got a bit of a a different design element. It's like seems like triangular shaped, maybe. The cap, the the, the teardrop is the is the shape. So right. Distinctive interpretation of Lamy's design principles brings the basic forms of the triangle and circle together to create a surprising yet natural teardrop shape that offers a unique haptic mm. writing experience. So the whole thing is is around this teardrop shape, which that's mm. just like, man, don't try so hard. Okay, I get it. Teardrop, not triangle. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teardrop. So that's a cha- that's a challenging product, mm. Mike. That's a challenging product. Yeah, it's, it's basically just a mashup of a bunch of their other products and teardropified, I guess. Don't know how I feel about that one. It's like, if you like this, but want a, a normal pen, <laughs> buy the Lamy Studio. It's The Lamy Studio is one of the most underrated pens on the market. I will stand by that. Um, it, it's just a great pen. I, mean, I expect most is, of Lamy's stuff is underrated because yeah. the Safari and Alestar are so good. Yeah. So people don't really pay attention to everything else that they do. Yeah. This is just like a, this weird fountain pen mutation is what this is. Mm-hmm. It's the Lamy mutation. That's I, what I, I feel like this pen is. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one in this Lamy section, Mike. This one caught me actually more off guard than the Zevo entry-level ballpoint and the weird ideos is and this shouldn't have caught me off guard but the problem is like it just you know what if you launch a product and no one knows about it the Lamy x neo lab so this is the Lamy encode digital slash analog writing didn't we decide right? that that meant buy which like Lamy oh yeah Lamy but yeah yeah, what yeah. I just like saying that, but yes, it doesn't really people don't when say, I say that. it out loud. People yeah, don't yeah, say yeah. buy anymore, but that that is what that means, I think. Yeah. Yep. Or it's like a it's like a collaboration. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, this is Lamy's digital pen offering. I swear they they've done this before. They've done like the Wacom Wacom styluses. What? Yeah, what no, that's a know? and that's a totally different thing. So they, yeah, they sell they sell the silos. I don't think they've ever done a product like this before. Yeah, I this don't think is, they've done this. This is purely Moleskine's like bag. 100%. Like this is they live 100%. in this place, you know. Right. This is Lamy doing it because they feel like they have to do it. Yes. Well, they should. I actually do agree with this point. I agree. I agree. What I will say, I mean, obviously, I've not used it, but from a visual perspective, this might be the best. Offering because I would 100% try this. Their pen just looks like a regular Safari. Mm-hmm. Now, and most of the time, they don't, right? <laughs> yeah, like, if yeah, there's yeah. a pen component, the they pen look like, looks like the scribble pen. Yeah, it's got something going on, you know? Uh, but this pen, it, I mean, I can't tell from looking at it, but it it looks like it holds the same dimensions as a Safari. The only dip different is it like the 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 way it's shaped makes it look like a fountain pen, right? But it's actually a, a mm-hmm. like a is it gel pen? No, it's a ballpoint. It's a ballpoint, ballpoint refill because it's got yeah. the camera hidden behind or right. sensors so it needs, hidden behind. It the needs nib, the space the for the yep. yeah. So it needs the space for the sensor underneath your writing mm-hmm. uh, tip. So it does require the notebook, right? Mm-hmm. These things work in conjunction, right? You can't 
this isn't the product where you have the pen and then you like scan it with your phone or you do something else. So I believe uh, Moleskine have gotten away from that. I, I, if my memory serves, they make a pen mm-hmm. product that doesn't need the special paper to work. I think that's what I thought too. So this one requires. Let me re- read this one little technical part about the sensor. It says the optoelectric sensor reads the encode pattern yeah. printed on the paper of the Lamy digital paper notebook yeah. and recognizes handwriting on the pages. The NeoLab encode sensor reads the codes from the blank surface. The processor contained in the pen performs the complex mathematical calculation to locate the pen position on the page. So these two things have to work together yeah. to get your output digitally. So, you know, if you're looking for like an exquisite like pen performance, like you don't buy these products, right? But if you're looking for a transcription of your handwriting into a digital form, well, then you buy into a full system, which is what this is. It's interesting. It's like, I think it's $150 to get into the set. I'd have to look at it. This one actually doesn't listen. Yeah, the, the issue with all of these things, though, is like they have a companion app, right? So that's like the yeah. whole thing. So you're writing this and then everything you've got going on gets saved in the app. And again, it's like, how good is the app? And I remember the last right. time I tried it, which was a couple of years ago, the Moleskine mm-hmm. stuff was all pretty good. Right. Like, Right. That they they've clearly you know they've been working on it. I, I like that they have this little thing in the the Lamy one where you can like choose the color that you want it to look like in the digital mm-hmm. version by using this little bookmark. I think that's kind of cute, right? It's like yep. bridging the gap. Right. I mean, I said it before. I, I actually by scrolling quickly through their website, I think I, it might just be my my dream that Moleskine have an option where you don't need their paper, but I think you still need their paper. Yeah, uh, for their smart pen, but their pen, I, again, I haven't seen it in a long time. L- also, looks really good now. It was like, good. Yeah, have you seen it recently? Like, it looks yeah. just like the um, the Moleskine pen, the one that you clip on the inside of the book, the flat one. Right. It uh, looks yeah, yeah, just yeah. like that now. I mean, and it did before. Like this. So, I think you still need the whole thing. For me, this stuff's never gonna really land until you can uh actually just use whatever pen you want frankly right. like no company's ever going to be able to make this the way that i want it anyway and also right. i'm gonna be honest after all this time i don't know what the utility of this is because right. phone cameras are so good now they just have built-in scanning functions and now like if you combine this with the ios 15 live text thing there's no reason to use a product like this anymore because now you can just put your incredible phone camera over the top of the page, take a picture, and then copy and paste the text out of it. Like At this point, I think that phones and, and software is moving so fast that these pen products are just becoming more and more obsolete. I agree. Like, I think Lamy's come in on, on the wrong side of the mountain here. We're on the, we're on the downslope now. We're, we're going yeah. downhill on this. Yeah. Like there was a, there was a little peak there where, you know, you could get in and get people interested in a product like this. And then like the Moleskine, when they launched it, that was probably like kind of the peak because they did it the best. But if Moleskine can't make it work and have that stickiness that gets into people's systems, like using a system like this is cumbersome right? It's, it's defined in that you have a specific thing you have to use to make it work, but it's cumbersome in actually using it to have 
the paper and the charger and the pen and the refill and checking the battery and making sure the uploads are good and having an app and all of these things. And it's just, you know, I, you know, a few years ago, I was hoping we could get there to where it would be a more universal product. And now I just think we're, we're on a, a slow, slow burn of these eventually going away. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't long for this world. I don't think, but yeah. I, I will congratulate them on making a product that looks. Good. It looks good. <laughs> yeah, they, they did it good. If yeah. they were going to ever come into this world, now was the right time. If it was, took them until now to get it, basically, or to fit inside the guts of a regular safari. <laughs> all right, so Lamy's been busy. I guess all this stuff is getting ready for the holidays, right? The the Neo Lab thing launched like it looks like a few weeks ago, or maybe in August. Um, and it was completely off my radar. Um, so yeah, I guess they're getting these few products out here for uh, for the holiday season. Twisby's up to something, Mike. They're always up to something. And I think you're coming around now on our friend the Twisby Swipe. I have, I have. Um, this I wasn't... is the spring-loaded pen, the pen of all spring the springs. Pen. Yeah, <laughs> I was. So the reason why I've come around on it after actually being able to use one for a while is the spring thing isn't a selling point. It's just a good pen, right? Like it's spring, a good pen independent of the spring. The spring is extra. The spring isn't a selling point. The spring is a necessity, I think, for them to get their design <laughs> to work the, for whatever reason. I don't mm. think they sell the spring on this one. With Like the Twisby Go, the spring is the selling point, <laughs> which is why the pen's clear. On the swipe, yeah. the body isn't clear. Like they, So I think it's just the way that they've engineered it. They need it. I don't know. <laughs> But Mike, we're in a global pandemic of people dropping pens. <laughs> we, we need this spring. We need it's mandated that we use this spring. Yeah, when pen. people say we're still in a pandemic, that's actually what they mean. Yes. It's the, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. pen dropping is is yeah. the real problem to, in, to, in modern society today. But no, now that I've I've got it in hand, you know, I've got the spring in there, I've got the cartridge in there. It doesn't matter. It's just a legitimately good pen, right? And that's what I wanted to see when I got it. Like spring, you know, just forget about the spring. It's like, it's fine. It's in there, it's whatever. You never see it again. Like you'll see it again, you know, when you refill a cartridge or the converter. It's just a good pen. So after using that, I felt that way. Most of the reviews coming out on it are very, very positive. And like every time I'm seeing it now, like I'll comment in refill, like when I do my ink links, I do a little bit of commentary with them and I'm always complimenting just this pen being like, it's a good pen. And I think this is going to be like, I was mentioning the Lamy Zevo before, um, this is going to be like their next platform pen. And little did I know it was going to be this soon. Right. And by platform pen, I mean a pen that they're going to keep in the product lineup and keep iterating on it, either in colors or tweaks to the design, but keeping the, like in this case, the swipe as the pen, right? So what they did is we saw it on Instagram from a friend inky.rocks on Instagram. They posted a picture of two China only colors in a green and an orange barrel. And like, that's what I was just saying this weekend in refill. My, my quote on a review, Twisby Swipe review was, yes, it's good good enough that I'm looking for Twisby to jump on the next color releases or even a tweaked version two sooner rather than later. Well, we got our colors and they're just going to run with it, Mike. Like this, they found out quickly that this was a good pen. People liked it. And now they have 
you know, push the go button on it. Um, except How much is it? 25-ish. Yeah, so good for 25. Yeah. I, I think this is maybe one of the first pens in a long time that I think could, could take a big chunk out of the Safari market. More so than the Eco. I agree with you. I, right? Yes, and more than the Eco. So one interesting thing that they've done over the past couple of years, Twisby that is, is they've slowly raised the Eco's price. And I think with reason, right? It's gone from like 28 to like 32 maybe, like for the stock models. And now that gives room for the swipe to exist, right? It gives a little breathing room to not have like a $25 pen and a $28 pen mm. and tell people why you should buy one or the other. That that price point, the percentage difference is big enough, I think, to have two different unique products. And then the Go, I think as much as Twisby liked it and as much as we liked it, right, it didn't land universally. Like it's a little bit too weird to be like a platform pen. It'll like exist as it is for as long as they want to do it. But like the Swipe and the Eco and the 580, they have found something that works and is a winner, and then they'll just keep iterating on it. And we're starting to see that now with the swipe very, very quickly. Um, so I expect by early next year, we'll be able to get our hands on um, some new colors on this ourselves. Which I think is awesome. I mean, uh, this is, I think this is something I used to mention, and it's one of the things I mentioned is why I think this pen is important for Twisby. They had to have an option in the entry line, which was not with an ink bottle. Correct. Because it's too intimidating for people. Yep. To because they're just convinced that they're going to spill ink everywhere. We've all been there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so having a, a an entry level pen that looks good, picked up some of the design language that they need, includes a spring with cartridges. You know, I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I, well, I think they're on to a winner with it, and I'm. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Like, can they get this into retail? That would be right really interesting yep if any of their products could this is the one like yes, they designed the I one think. to do that yeah that's what i think um yeah i i completely agree all right last pen i want to talk about this one is not new at all which is kind of why i want to bring it up but i was late on the leonardo train and i'm late on the mayora train mm -hmm. and those two brands are forever intertwined because they both came from the closure of Delta Pen in Italy. So Italian brand Delta, which a lot of people are familiar with, loved their pens. Uh, some hated their pens. You know, they were very you know, opinionated pen maker in their designs. They were very large. And, um, you know, as they were started going downhill, they started having some more QC issues and, and people were getting angsty about Delta. Then all of a sudden they, they closed shop. And the some people that work for Delta you know, went and started their own companies, one being Leonardo, the other being Mayora. So I finally got to my Mayora pen review. And I think the biggest thing to, to like start with is it's impossible not to compare it with the Leonardo. I didn't want to do that in my review, but since I'd already done the Leonardo, it was hard to not compare it to the Leonardo, at least the Memento Zero, which is the one that I use the most, but it could go for any. Leonardo, because these two companies have the same DNA built in mm -hmm. from Delta, and you can see it in the end results, right? Mm -hmm. If you put the Mayora 
and the Leonardo on a table for someone who wasn't familiar with either brand or even fountain pens, they would think they came from the same company, right? Mm-hmm. They're that, that similar, but you know, once you use them, you realize the differences, the design cues that are different, the few subtle size and shape differences, but you know, they, they are awfully close, awfully close. The good thing is they're awfully close in performance too, right? The build quality of the Mayora is good. The fit and finish, the style, the craftsmanship, the overall package and the, and the price point, they're both in that same, like right at 200, maybe a little less price point. Everything about these pens is practically identical. And luckily they perform nearly identically as well. I really enjoyed the Mayora more than I thought. I held off longer on the model I got. It's called the Impronte. And it's a little bit wider bodied pen than the Leonardo. Um, the, the center of the barrel is wider. The grip section is wider, but there's a feature that makes it work. And the, But then the taper towards the ends is a little bit more extreme, especially the, the very end of the pen. Uh, it tapers more than like a Leonardo does. So it's wide in the center, yeah. but they counteract that by having a huge concave grip section, which I didn't think I was going to get along with. But apparently that really works for my style because the Kasama pen that I have has this like just outrageously deep concave grip section. And this Mayora has the same thing and I like it. And I didn't think it was going to work for me, but it does. So um, that's a, that's the main difference between the Leonardo and the Mayora pens is that grip section and that width in the center of the barrel. Otherwise I'd be hard pressed to tell you to buy one or the other, buy what you like, you know, that's, that was basically the result of the, the review is, you know what? They're both really good. Whichever one looks better mm. is the one you should get because you'll probably be happy. What's the story with the material? The acrylics? Yeah. Um, Mayora? You know what, Mike? I would like to find more information about that, but that's how I ended my review. There's not a ton of information on Mayora. They don't have their own website. They don't have you know their own you know kind of details and specs that you can go find out. Leonardo makes their own materials, I believe. Uh, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I would wager the looks of these Mayora, they do the same, um, or they each use the same. <laughs> well, this is what same, I was going to say. They are <laughs> the effectively same the same. Materials. They they look like they've come from the same place to me. Not a problem. Just no. A thing I was those, noticing. <laughs> the two pictures I have the uh, Rose Lavand, I think, is the Leonardo in the picture of the review, and the Posilipo. I believe is the blue uh, Mayora and the way that the, what would you call the, the, the pieces in the acrylic are like the same size and shape and they have the same spread and like spacing in between them. They look like they're the same material, just different colors, right? Is that what you're getting at? They, yeah, it's, it's the colors are different, but it's like the texture i guess you'd mm-hmm. maybe call yeah. it looks very 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 similar to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. but I, I guess lots of companies make an acrylic that looks like this one yeah 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 because I, I think it was delta their rods got bought up right well one of, yeah delta is delta and omas sometimes get omas confused together. is the one i'm thinking of brad not delta but yeah yeah i but remember that delta made the orange kind of like cracked ice looking 
orange rods that were so particular. Like if you look up Delta pen, everything is going to be this orange material. Like seven out of 10 pictures will be the same identical orange material. And this material, at least aesthetically, not color wise, oh, yeah, but just like the texture. <laughs> <laughs> Someone makes a pen that looks like this now though, don't they? The Delta? I feel like I've just seen a pen that has this orangey look with the black. I know a lot of people bought that uh, material. A lot of people try to mimic that material. It's yeah. just a popular look. I mean, Leonardo has an orange center black cap. I think that's Finito. what I'm thinking of. It's that Leonardo is what I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So, they would yeah. make that. So, like <laughs> so yeah. Know. Um, I want to point two things from your review. So the grip mm -hmm. section, I don't know if I could get along with it. It's very mm -hmm. odd looking to me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I don't yeah, know. I, I tend not to like grip sections that try and force me into a holding position in yeah. general. That's fair. And I think Leonardo's the same way, even though the shape is different. It's a non-standard, what we'd say is a non-standard because they have a taper in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a notch down angle and then a straight, which I was like, how is my fingers just not going to continue off the end of the pin into the nib? But it actually works. It holds holds your fingers in there it somehow. It looks pretty short, it out. though, as well. The, the grip section doesn't look. It, it's not very. Yeah, big. it's like it's not overly big. But when you're like you just said, this defines where you put your fingers. You don't get to move up and down, right? I like that. So, like, if you had a straight, you could move up and down. Just like if you go back, you know, and look at that the Lamy we we're looking at a minute ago, the Ideos, like that grip section's twice as long as both of these grip sections, but it's essentially straight, right? It's got a slight taper, but you can grip it low, you can grip it high, and there's no difference. With the Mayora, you're gripping it where Mayora says you're going to grip it. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned in your review that you had to tune your nib a little bit. You had to give it a little. Yeah, love. it was it was weird. So it's That's a stock. Great. These are Yovo nibs, uh -huh. um, and this is an extra fine. And I don't know that I've ever used like a gold plated extra fine one. And I don't know if it's the plating that caused this, but when you get an extra fine nib, sometimes you get, and I've had this before, honestly, more on a gold nib than with a steel nib, but you get a little, almost like a pickiness, right? When you're writing with something that's closer to like a needle size than like a round pencil tip size, you can feel it almost like grabbing the page a little bit. And it was almost like I had to knock this little bit off to get it to write just smoothly like it wasn't like i could have kept writing with it as it was but i was happier with it after i ran it over some mm. some uh, micro mesh okay. and then just got it like yeah i i agree with your perception that you shouldn't have to do that and i don't think it was any type of deal breaker type of situation where like oh this nib was messed up and i had to work on it it wasn't at that level okay. it was just something that like i think it was fine but I wanted a little bit better. Was okay. and maybe in, this in is one end, of those things that, like, because you know how you could make it better, you just do. Correct. And, and maybe and if you didn't know, it wouldn't bother you as much. I don't know. I don't know. And probably you're only going to see it in the finest nib anyway. Like if you had a medium nib, that's probably not coming up at all. What, right. Like it's once again. Proving why fine nibs are a mistake. If you would like to get the show notes for this week's episode, you can go to really.fm slash penaddict slash 481. 
Uh, you can also find information there about donating to St. Jude and our sponsor of this week's episode, Canaleo Pen Company. If you want to find Brad online, he is at Dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, Pen Addict on Instagram, and Brad streams three times a week. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? Still at 10 a.m. Eastern. Yep. And pretty much not too long after we finish recording our show live, um, every week, so it's kind of probably around eleven Wednesday, eleven forty-five Eastern. Yeah. Yep, on, on a Wednesday as well. It's at Twitch.tv/slash PenAddict. You can go to SpokeDesign.com, PenAddict.com, and Knock.co. That's where you can find all the Brad stuff. I'm I Mike I M Y K E, uh, and you can buy products that I make over at CortexMerch.com as well. Uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Pen Addict, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>